Well, hello, and welcome back to The Confusion Experiment. This is episode 27. This is a special episode for several reasons. Number one, it's very early in the morning, and so you're getting my early morning voice. The other thing that's different is instead of a glass of water, I have a cup of coffee. And the other most interesting change about today's episode is that I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and not just any kitchen table, I'm sitting at my mother's kitchen table, and the lovely hum of the refrigerator reminds me of exactly where I am. I'm not in a pristine studio, I'm not even in a quiet area devoid of any environmental noises or nuances, I am right smack in the middle of life. And sometimes that's exactly where it is. In fact, that's always where it is, right smack in the middle of life. So put on your white lab coat, grab your own cup of coffee or favorite beverage, and come join me in the laboratory of life today, because I wanna share with you things that COVID is teaching me. I'm sure you have your own incredible list of lessons learned during this time of COVID because there is always a silver lining no matter what is happening in life. Sometimes you can't see it for quite a while after the storm has passed. Sometimes there's a break in the action and you can see it while you're in the midst of it. And that's what's happening for me because there's so many different things going on at once as I know there is for you. And so along with kind of taking a look at what COVID is teaching me and what I can do with these lessons. I also want to talk about, as I always like to do, how I can and you can and we can move through this experience from a slightly more detached place, perhaps, than we were just last week. So one of the things that COVID is teaching me is one of the things my father always taught me which is the importance of flexibility. I, I, I don't remember the moment that he taught me that because it really was something, was a high value for him. And I just remember it being a part of almost everything, sometimes very subtly, sometimes incredibly pointedly and honestly and obviously, this idea of flexibility. You gotta be flexible. Why? Because life is a trip. <laughs> life is a rolling river. Sometimes it goes this way. Sometimes it goes that way. And if I am too anchored in any one particular place, when change comes, mm, that can be more difficult and more filled with suffering than it needs to be. So flexibility is absolutely key. How does somebody become more flexible? Well, you begin to identify what your preferences are how you like the world to be, how you like life to be, how you like your life and your world to be. And you identify your preferences and then you begin to let them go. You begin to let them go mentally. What would my life be like if I didn't need that particular thing at that particular time? What would my life be like if I just felt more comfortable turning on my microphone wherever I was, no matter the background sounds, instead of being that constant perfectionist in my mind, broadcaster, got to have the perfect sound, the perfect quality for the listener and all of that. What would that be like? What if I let go of that preference? Well, that pre- if I let go of that preference, that would just allow me to be right here right now, plugged in, ready to go, regardless of what was going on around me. What if I let go of the preference that 
I had to be more awake or it had to be a particular time of the day or I couldn't do this until later. And I just plugged in the microphone and did it now. Well, that would allow me to record this episode for you and with you in a spontaneous experience versus some previously identified way downstairs, more quiet, surrounded with the the foam that holds in the sounds and all of that stuff that people with microphones tend to do. Just be with you right here and right now. Flexibility is key. Flexibility is a practice when we release our need for things to be a certain way. And we have been taught by COVID that we actually need a lot of things to be very certain in how we experience them. How did we know those things? When they were taken away from us. So the other thing that COVID has taught me, is teaching me, reminding me of, is the value of contrast. This is something that Esther Hicks talks a lot about in her teachings and in her work. This idea of contrast. In other words, when you have something different than what you want it to be like, you have a more clearer idea of how you prefer things to be. And yes, within those preferences, always the willingness to let go, to be more flexible, to not be so attached. When you have what you don't want, you have more clarity about how, what it is you do want. When you're living in an environment that isn't supporting you and working for you, you have a better idea of what kind of an environment you would thrive in. Contrast is as important as anything. You know, people are very fixed on knowing. We've talked about this in many of these episodes, right? One of the dominating themes in the book, The Confusion Experiment, the minds need to know because knowing relaxes the mind. It makes it feel safe and secure. It gives us a sense of control and, and, and all of those feelings of safety. However, what we've come to realize in COVID is that contrast is more important than knowing. Being in situations that force us out of our comfort zone also force us into a sense of what it is that we really want for ourselves, our lives, our friendships, our relationships, our meaningful work, And so flexibility is absolutely key. Contrast, use the things that are happening to you, through you, around you, and for you as a reference point to the life you truly want to live. We're going to spend some time in the upcoming episodes talking about change and talking about how to become the architect of of your life. So we we have willingness, we have the value of contrast. I don't like this. I would prefer it to be this way. Then we have this idea of detachment. I have my preferences. However, back behind the preferences is a place that I can just be in the midst of not having what I want, in the midst of not having it when I want it and how I want it, in the midst of contrast showing me what isn't working for me and how I would prefer life to be working. With all of those things, throw flexibility in it as well. We become detached and we say, yes, it would be ideal to have these things. Yes, I'm more aware of the life I want to build based on what I now know because of contrast. And I'm willing to let that all go. Why? Because we begin to practice having the experience of a world that is beyond all of that. A world that is actually within our own selves, 
a world that has no preferences because it is all preferences. And that's the beauty of meditation. That's the other thing that COVID is teaching me, reminding me of really the, the value of practices, the importance, the lifeline that is spiritual practices, practices, yoga, meditation, prayer, spiritual reading, connecting with nature on a regular basis, taking your shoes off, putting your feet on the ground, walking, exercising, connection, all of those practices that put you in yourself versus the habits that take us outside of ourselves. The habit of the news, the habit of the headlines, the habit of watching the talking heads, the habit of talking incessantly about what the talking heads, headlines, and news are feeding us. Okay. Those are the habits that keep us outside of ourselves, that keep us stuck in the conditions and situations that keep us stuck in fear, that keep us dependent on things outside of ourselves. Those are the habits. COVID has said to us, Hey, wake up to your habits and get into your practices. The practices unhook us from the habits. The practices bring us back to that self within us that we have spent a very, very little time connecting with. Why do you think people freaked out when we went into lockdown? Because we were forced to be with ourselves and we have spent a lot of money and we spend a lot of time avoiding just that. We don't want to be with ourselves. We don't realize it in that way, but that's kind of the truth. We really don't want to be with ourselves. Why? Well, we don't know how to be with ourselves. Number two, we don't know what to do when we meet ourselves because what we find is all that pain, all those feelings unfelt, all that unforgiveness, all that hurt, all that trauma, and we don't know what to do with it. We're afraid of it. We're afraid if we sit in the center of it and feel it, we're never going to get out of it. And I totally understand that. I feel that way too. A lot of times I felt that way in the, in the depths of my mother's death and my grief about that death just three months ago. But what I've remembered and what I did and what I can tell you, at least from my own experience, because I don't know what yours will be, but I invite you to take it, take that experience on, is when you sit with it, when you be with it, when you put the skin of it on you and you show up fully for how you feel, no matter how messy or ugly or painful it is, eventually it begins to subside. Why? Because you showed up fully for it. You didn't acknowledge, you didn't deny it. You acknowledged it. You didn't subdue it. You felt it. You didn't numb it. You were in it. And eventually when you show up fully, it dissolves, it subsides, it becomes transmuted and alchemized by presence, by your presence, by your compassion and by your self-love. So we, we, we were forced to be with ourselves when we've worked hard to avoid that. We were forced to feel when we've spent a lot of money and a lot of time avoiding that as well. This is what has caused one of the major freakouts about COVID. It was just, I mean, we will look back at, at this time and just go, oh my gosh, like a lot of, a lot of people are missing the opportunity. I say that without judgment. It's just something I observe and it's totally okay because we're all where we are and we all get to choose what we do. But there's great power in awakening to what this moment is all about. There's great power and potency for you as an individual to kind of shake the cobwebs from your thinking a little bit and say, hold on a second. Do I just want to keep doing what I've been doing? Maybe the answer is yes and your life's working for you. Fantastic. But even if it's working for you and things are great and you're thriving, guess what? There's always an opportunity for even more, more thriving, more good, more awakening. Why? Because we're dealing with 
It's something that's infinite, something that's eternal, something that has no end. And I know sometimes that's how we feel about COVID. When is this thing going to end? And that's part of the collective thinking. We want COVID to end because we're blaming COVID for how we feel. We're blaming COVID. And and not to say that COVID doesn't, you know, COVID is a great agitator. COVID is a cause. Don't get me wrong. But my point is, is that it's part of the tendency to blame things outside of ourselves. You know, if this would just be different, then I would be different. If they would just do something differently, I would feel differently, right? So we're waking up to this moment of maturity where we're going, hey, this is all about me. This is all about what I do, how I see things, and how I respond and react. So that's the other thing that COVID is reminding me of. In the end, it's the same thing. No matter what happens, no matter what gets thrown at you, no matter how good it gets, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how crazy it gets, no matter what, what is always there is love. And and maybe your word is God, higher power, whatever the word. I'm talking about that presence that is untouched by all of this. I'm talking about that place where you go to when you pray. That place that is always there. That place that offers itself to you. That that presence that says, absorb more of who I am and you will become more of this in your everyday living. That place that dares to announce, I'm untouched by all of this. That place that dares to say in the midst of confusion, I have clarity. That place that dares to say in the midst of chaos, I am peace. That place that dares to say in the face of hate, disharmony, fighting, and separation, I am love. That is what is available to us. How you get there is your own unique journey. What you call it is yours to call, but it is there. It always has been there. It always will be there. It's not some woo-woo thing. It's got nothing to do with religion. It simply is truth. It simply is principle. That's why I say about this show, we're going into the laboratory of life because this is scientific. This is provable and it has been proven. We talk about the quantum field, right? It, it, it's, it's already proven. Spirituality and science are one and the same, two sides of the same coin. So I invite you to ask yourself today and in these days coming, because it does feel like things are ramping up. What is this moment teaching me? Why would this be an important lesson? What am I willing to let go of? What have I been clinging to that's making me suffer? And it could just be a thought, a need to have things be a certain way or a need for things not to be the way that they are. That's another thing. Talk about resistance. I was talking about this on my other show, the Camille Conti show, that's got music built around all of these words, this truth about acceptance in the midst of death and dying and grief and loss, how acceptance has just been sitting over there in the corner, not in a, in a dark energy way, just patiently, acceptance, just waiting, because it knows that eventually the path of grief, when walked actively and mindfully and and however it is that you're able to walk it it just sits there patiently waiting because it knows at some point the process the very process of grief 
as, as it works you over, as it alchemizes you, as it changes you in a deep and profound as, as way, as it takes you into the underground, down into the dirt where it's dark and cold uh, for a walk that only you can take. It waits. It waits for you to slowly walk out from that place, covered in dirt and mud and twigs and roots. It waits. It waits for you to shake it off over time through tears and washings. It waits. And that's what I experienced. I saw it out of my co- the corner of my eye a couple of months ago. And I was like, no, like an unwanted visitor. I was like, no, I'm not letting you in. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I wanted to make sure that I was walking completely through this experience so that I don't revisit it in a way that's unhealthy. And the other night I saw it and I thought, ah, oh, you're still there. No matter how much I wish you would go away, there you are, acceptance, waiting patiently for me to turn towards you and say, okay, you win. <laughs> or as is often the case, give it the finger and say, damn, you win. And that's just the mind's play with it, the resistance to this idea of losing to it. And what do I mean by that? I mean that eventually there's a surrender. Eventually there is this acceptance where I say, ah, man, it's really true. My mom physically is gone. Wow. I have to accept that this is over. I have to accept, I choose to accept that my role as a caregiver is complete. I have to accept that this house in which my mother has lived all her life, the house I grew up in, the house I came back to for five years to care for my mother, my time here is complete. I realized the other day, man, I got a sense of security and safety here. I was like, okay, that's all right to feel that. It's good to tap into that. Again, contrast, because my mind was like, oh, where are we going to go? Will we be safe? I was starting to realize uh, even in a deeper way than I already do, the blessing of being here, the safety of being in this house, the security I feel being in the house I grew up in with everything around me exactly as it's been for over 50 years. And my, my sense of how am I going to reproduce this? Do I need to reproduce this? What is this really that I am feeling? So acceptance of what is, is a major help. If you could just right now put your hand on your heart and say, I accept everything that's happening. I don't necessarily like it and I accept it. Practice saying that out loud. I accept what's happening. I don't necessarily like it and I accept that it is happening. And that's why I want to spend the next several episodes really getting to, into my change content because all of it is relevant to what it, we're dealing with. It's relevant in general, but it's more relevant now as we head into fall, kids are going back to school. We've got the election coming up, right? This is the moment to really commit to, hey, I got to do something different. Because if I don't change, how can I expect the outer world to change? But you see, we're waking up to that, right? Because the old conditioning that we're waking up from that just collapsed at our feet over the last five months tells us, no, you don't have to change. You don't have to do anything. Wait until the outer world changes. Wait. Wait until they change. Then that will change you. Or then you won't have to change. Wake up to that false truth. That's a lie. That is, that is not accurate. That's not the way it works. The way it works is 
And this is not because I say it's working this way. This is by principle. This is by law. The way it works, it's an inside job. You have got to change within. That's why my change course is so potent and so powerful and so necessary because it takes you to the only place where change is happening and that is within you. So COVID is teaching me, perhaps you, flexibility, contrast, preferences, and then a willingness to let go of all of that. It's teaching me and perhaps you the importance of practices, the importance of mastering your mind, being willing to really identify how your mind works, how it keeps you stuck, how it keeps you small, how it keeps you in your story, why it keeps you in your story. Listening to how you speak, listening to the mind's thoughts, questioning everything your mind presents to you. This choice to wake up, this choice to go, I'm going to go through these next seven days mindful. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to question everything my mind presents to me. I'm going to ask myself, is that really true? How do I know that's really true? How do I really know that's what they're thinking? How do I really know that's going to happen? And you will find that it is all constructs of a mind that is presenting scenarios to you because it needs to know. And the journey from the head to the heart is what the confusion experiment is all about. It's this deconstruction of the mind to reconstruct your life from the heart. It's about realizing that the heart wants back at the table. The heart has the way. The heart has the instructions. The heart knows. The heart has a knowing that is even more valuable right now than the mind. One of the things I say in the findings, which are a part of the first three weeks of the podcast that started June 1st, And if you haven't had a chance to listen to those findings, I encourage you to do so. They're all under 10 minutes. Is that the mind has taken us as far as it can go. In other words, how we think needs to change. What we think about is the problem. The new opportunity is to take a look at the mind Because how the mind has been operating in our lives, in our society, in our government, how we have allowed our minds to run our lives has taken us as far as it can go. That's why if you feel like you're spinning, if you feel stuck, if you feel frustrated, it's because you're at the end of that road. And that's actually a beautiful thing. And that's what I was talking about last week, mindful endings, this realization that something has come to an end. Now, listen, it's tender. It can be tender, but there's something very precious and in the moment about being aware that something has come to an end. And the opportunity is to shift the focus and turn it towards the beginning even though you can't see it, and even though maybe you have no idea like I what it's going to be, there is such an organic feeling of this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. I wasn't supposed to be here last month, let alone the months prior. I was supposed to be where I was then, deep in grief, 
and going through a process of transition and change. But now I feel different. Now I'm able to say, okay, let's pack up the house. It's time. It's time to close this. I don't want it. I, want, I don't want this to become a museum of my mother's life and my, my life with her. When you get to that place where it's organic and natural and you're, you're in it and it's in you. Wow. It's not necessarily easier, but it's lighter and it tends to be devoid of suffering and filled with a beauty and a gratitude and a, and a grace that is truly a gift. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope there's been at least one thing that is helpful for you as you leave the laboratory this week and head back into life If you would like to purchase my book, you can find out about that at the show's home site at podbean.com, The Confusion Experiment at podbean.com, or you can go to camilconti.com and learn more about my work there. There's also an opportunity to become a patron of this podcast if you appreciate the teachings that I'm sharing with you, if you find value in what it is that's happening here every Monday, by all means, check out the patron page and see if there's a level there that speaks to you. Thank you for letting me speak to you. Take good care of yourself, and I'll see you next Monday.